on NRL teams. The case of safety first for the Sea Eagles as one manly player takes protection to the next level due to the threat of coronavirus. Boyd Cordner missed the Premier's first up loss to the Panthers, but will he return in round two? And the Broncos are set to be without three of their big men as they prepare to take down Wayne Bennett's Bunnies. Hello, you're watching NRL Teams. I'm in for Zach Bailey today, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farah. Join me at the desk. Thank you, gents. Now, there's been some pretty big news this week. The coronavirus obviously making all the headlines in the game and the world, but we will make sure our teams drop at 4pm and have the latest there. Uh, Super League has been suspended. Today, we did see the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, Talk to reporters through headphones. You can see there James Roberts wearing the headphones, answering questions to reporters. Cody Walker, uh, and I think one of the Burgess boys was in there too. But uh, we did see Adam Fanua Blake also wearing a mask, the first NRL player to do that. And um, he said he'd happily play in the mask uh, if he was allowed. So I did some research and asked the NRL if that was the case. If players do want to wear a mask, if they're allowed, they do have to be approved by the NRL. But, gents, I guess for you, Robbie, um, do you think the game should go ahead? Yeah, it's a tough one. Look, you look around the world and you see all the other competitions being you know, shut down overseas, the NBA, the you know, NHL, the, um, you know, the NBL now. I just saw uh, the final series has been cancelled. So um, it, it is a tough one. Look, we'd all love to see the, the game still go ahead. Um, I think as soon as one player tests positive, I think that'll be... Uh, yeah, the red line going through the, the, the season temporarily. I think that's when you've got to call it off. But for the time being, no, one, no players have tested positive and uh, we've locked out the fans, which is disappointing. And that's going to be a challenge in itself for the players to go out there and um, you know, try and play an NRL game without any atmosphere in the stadium. So, um, look, uh, I, I think they, they can potentially go ahead. You know, the NRL seems to be taking you know, every um, avenue to, to ensure that uh, the player's safety is, is you know, paramount uh, and first and foremost the most important thing. So uh, whilst we can contain it, I think um, yeah, the games will go ahead. Yeah, what about for you, Noddy? Yeah, obviously we're a lot more ahead or smarter than I suppose all the countries overseas. They got affected by it very, very quickly and at a higher scale. So I think we're until the, the clever people or the, the government or the you know uh, our Prime Minister puts the full stop on when I'm allowed to play for a number of weeks, then I think we'll keep playing. I think obviously the AFL and the NRL will, will go about the journey the same way with you know the no crowds, the, the restrict the interaction from players, even doing appearances or sponsorships, um, and just try and keep the game going for as long as we can in some regards. But as you said, as soon as one player, one official, one referee, one member of a football club or organisation hands in a positive uh, test and the game has to be put on hold. Are those restrictions really like, you know, no, no handshakes, you know, the media, uh, all those sorts of things, like players going out there tackling each other for 80 minutes, mm. like, you know, surely that's more of a risk than, yeah, yeah. you know, taking a photo with a fan or, uh, you know, talking to a journo before or after a game. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's a long way, right? It's a precaution that we've never dealt with before yeah. and you just have to take those necessary precautions yeah, yeah. to continue to play the game for as long as we can. But, gents, I've got to get to your last week headlines. Yeah. And, Noddy, you were first up. <laughs> I got it right, didn't I? No, well, my definitely oh, not. After this round, the leading try scorer will be a middle forward. I think it's going to be a round of upsets uh, this week. And I think that'll be headlined by Gold Coast beating Canberra in Canberra. 
Canberra 24, the Gold Coast 6. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Yeah. The headline was close, rubbish in 29. <laughs> I feel like Zach Bailey's kept that in just to throw you both under yeah, the bus and yeah. give him some confidence. <laughs> the only way's up. Uh, yeah. But one thing that you did agree on, and I'm going to say I think you did get it pretty right, was your MVPs. Noddy, talk me through that. Yeah, thanks for your support on no worries. Uh, <laughs> selections. Uh, one point uh, will go to Jack Whiten. Um, obviously, you know, come up with two tries, a great perfor- kicking performance and just hit the ground running for the Canberra Raiders in their victory. Payne Haas, he scored, he played 80 minutes of football, 17 runs, 213 metres as a front rower. That's just insane. Normal. And our man of the week uh, was your mate, your former partner in crime, Premiership yeah. winner, Benji Marshall, just wound the clock back with his game control, his kicking game, uh, scored a try. Uh, I, I thought, Robbie, last year, Benji Marshall threw a couple of the best passes in, his, in the whole season, probably his whole career. So he... You know, you get a bit older, your legs get a bit slower, but you understand <laughs> yeah. how to manage the game a bit better? Yeah, I thought his game management on, on Sunday night was incredible. And probably the difference between the two teams, I thought uh, his game compared to Ben Hunt's, uh, Ben Hunt's kicking game wasn't the best. Didn't really build pressure for the Dragons, whereas on the other side of the, the field, Benji forced repeat sets with his kicking game, was really controlled, uh, really took ownership of the team after Luke Brooks got ruled out the day before in, in captain's run. And... Uh, it was a really mature performance by Benji, and uh, for me, he was clearly the best player of the round. Yeah, well, as it stands, I'll state the obvious. Benji Marshall leads the MVPs from <laughs> you two. But um, just quickly, before we do get to teams, um, it's a reminder for our fans that um, we are working as quickly as possible to resolve the issues with the tickets. Obviously, round two, the games will be played behind closed doors, so please just be patient with your clubs and your memberships. They will get to you as soon as possible. The good news is that you can watch all the games still on our broadcast partners, uh, through our broadcast partners, Fox Sports, KO Sports, Channel Nine and of course the Telstra Live Pass. So that's some good news there, isn't it, gents? It is good no, news that we still get to that. watch it, broadcast it, and have it part of our society and still cheer on your favourite team and your favourite players. Yeah, I like what I see. All right, let's get to the first game. Thursday night footy. Bulldogs and the Cowboys at ANZ Stadium. Dean Pay is set to hand 19-year-old Jake Avaliro an NRL debut on Thursday night. The local junior earned his spot on the Bulldogs bench after Kerrod Holland picked up a knee injury at training. He's expected to miss just one week. The Bulldogs are still uh, without their stood-down duo, Corey Harawirinara and Jaden Ockhamba. But Dallin, Waitini Zelezniak and Christian Crichton are available um, after they both took early guilty charges for their season opener. Now, as for the North Queensland Cowboys, they've received a triple boost heading into round two. Valentine Holmes named to start at fullback, even though he was hampered by that calf problem in his NRL return. Justin O'Neill also being named despite failing an HIA test in round one. And Josh Maguire returns from suspension at prop. John Asiata moves back to the bench with Corey Jensen, the unlucky man, dropping out of the 17. Uh, now, Jens, Dean Pay, I guess he, he was praising his men after that 8-2 loss, but Noddy, should he still be proud of that performance? Was it more their attack he should be more concerned about? I think if you start winning games of football, you build it on the back of being a good defensive side. They were very, very good defensively. Uh, they were courageous for the full 80 minutes. They never stopped trying. They just didn't come up with any attacking spark. Uh, I thought when Adam Elliott got over the try line and, and had the ball knocked out by Gutherson, that was... One try opportunity they'd created. They didn't create any other try scoring opportunities. Last year, I think they only scored over 10 points on four or five occasions. So they've got to learn how to get 16 points, 20 points in this competition, but have the same defence focus. They're halfway there to winning. They've just got to fix the attack. 
the halfway that do win. Defence is 50% of the game. Well, they say defence wins premierships. Well, that's right. Yeah, and, and there's a couple yeah. of clubs that had good defence. As, as you said, I thought last year, that defensively, I thought they were pretty good. And at yeah. times, they played tough and they were yeah. pretty resilient. But, yeah, last year, their, their problem was scoring points. And yeah. uh, they've had an off-season to try and fix that. And, uh, unfortunately, on, month, on Thursday night, sorry, uh, we didn't see really any uh, development in their attack uh, you know, through the summer. And uh, they, they didn't really look like scoring in the second half. Yeah. For me, was a concern. They had a lot of ball and they had a lot of opportunity to, um, to get in front of that game and, uh, and win that game of footy. But I thought their halves didn't really take on the line, uh, didn't really pose a threat, and, and that's the biggest concern for me. Yeah, well, they'll get found out against the opposition, the North Queensland Cowboys, one man in particular, Valentine Holmes. Now, I guess he was hot and cold in his return. Robbie, what did yeah. you make of it? How long will it take him to get back to his best? Yeah, look, it was a mixed bag uh, from Valentine. came up with a, a really nice try. Defensively, I think he's got to work on his positional play as well as a, full, a fullback. You know, the demands of a fullback these days are, are so big. You, you know, you're organising defence, you see here, letting in the try, uh, just taking his eyes off the dummy half. You know, they're the minor details. You know, when you've been out of the game for 12 months, yeah. they're the things that you just need to scrub up on. Um, and that'll take him a, a while. You know, it might take him three or four weeks, but I've got no doubt in my opinion that he's still going to be, uh, as we both predicted last week, yeah. uh, the best by the season. He didn't play a game of football in 2019. Yeah. He'd left the Sharks in the off-season, so he hasn't yeah. played since 2018. So all of a sudden you can go, well, hang on a sec, he wasn't quite at his best. He hasn't touched a football apart from an off-season. The Cowboys missed 51 tackles on an opening of a brand-new stadium. That's the more interesting fact to think of. You just said about how brave the Dogs were defensively. That wins you no games. Mm. Mm. Yeah. We'll so be. Val can be great, but it won't matter. Yeah. yeah. All right. They we'll need talk. to tackle. Okay. <laughs> listen, <laughs> Cowboys listen to Brett Kamali there. Well, they get Josh Maguire back, which is a big in for him because yeah. he seems to be the leader of the, the aggression, the toughness in that middle forward. So let's yeah. hope Josh Maguire has big impact for the side straight away. Yeah. Right. Oh, look, look, I think it'll take him time with combination too. You've obviously got a new 5'8 in Drinkwater, a new fullback. You know, more, so between the, th the three of them there, they've got to work on that combination and that's going to help Valentine too. That's true. It is only round one. We won't be too harsh moving into round two. All right, let's talk about Friday night football. Of course, the Dragons up against the Panthers there at Netstrata. Jubilee Stadium, 6pm kickoff. Matt Dufty set to return from a fractured cheekbone he suffered just over a month ago at Perth Nines. He's been named at fullback with Zach Lomax shifting to the wing to replace Makali Ravalawa, uh, who has a thigh strain in a big blow for the Dragons. Tarek Sims did accept that match uh, ban for his shot on Josh Reynolds. Sims' absence sees Tyrell Fulamano promoted to start with Jacob Host, the fresh face on the bench. As for Penrith, uh, we've got a few changes here. No surprises, Viliami Kikau back in the Panthers starting 13. The back rower came off the bench in round one. Shook off an arm injury to score that match winner against the Premiers. Uh, Liam Martin drops back to the bench while Isaiah Yo and James Fisher-Harris trade places at second row and lock. Billy Burns, the only fresh face there in Penrith 17 after Jack Hetherington accepted a two-match ban for his high shot on James Tedesco. Uh, now, Noddy, did the Dragons do enough? It was their game to win, but does Paul McGregor have hope with the 17 he's got to work with? Yeah, I think so, and, and I'm not too sure why he's put Zach Lomax through the wing. You know, he's the promising kid that they had all the hopes in, and he's played one week. He played a little bit below par, but I'd like to think they didn't just drop him and throw him to the to the edge. Matt Dufty is a quality attacking player. They created five or six opportunities. As you said, Robbie, the game was in the line in that second half against the, against the Tigers and they bombed multiple chances. Try lines open, clean line breaks where you can't draw and pass with a two and one against a fullback. So he would have been happy, you know, here it is here from Tyson. He'd be happy that all the opportunities they created, but if you keep missing opportunities in this competition, if you go none from two, none from three, none from four, 
pressure starts to mount and then all of a sudden you start doubting yourself. So they've got to take those chances and, and make sure that when you create them, you finish them. Yeah, right. That, that's the mm. difference between the top eight and the bottom eight. Yep. There's not much room in there between, isn't there? They've got to start winning matches pretty soon. The same with Penrith Panthers. Yeah. Uh, now, their, their spine looked really slick. The halves had room to move. They made some really nice touches. But is it Penrith hooker, Appy Corusau, who was the missing link for them, Robbie? Yeah, I think so. He's definitely brought a lot to their side. And, and we mentioned that last week that we, we thought that having Appy there was really going to yeah, help Nathan clear his game. Uh, when you have a, a threat out of dummy half at... Uh, you know, your first point of call is a defensive line as your markers and your A defenders. You need to worry about the dummy half. And uh, that's what Appy Corusau did on, on Saturday night. He, you know, he really tested them around the ruck. And I think um, yeah, his 80-minute performance was outstanding and it really freed up Nathan Cleary uh, to play a really good game as well. So yeah, he's, he's a great addition to their side, in my opinion. Yeah, sounds good. Can't wait to see how they go in round two. That should be an interesting match. Next up on Friday night, let's move north to Queensland. The Brisbane Broncos hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now we know just how good this coaching rivalry is, and I'll get to that in a minute. But as for the teams, uh, Jermaine Isarko, formally named at number one after the sad news Jack Bird suffered that ACL rupture. Jamil Hopawati seals a starting second-row spot with Tavita Pangai Jr. accepting that four-week ban for his Grade 2 dangerous contact on Justin O'Neill. And Ethan Bullmore named to make his NRL debut off the bench in the Broncos 17. As for the Bunnies, Wayne Bennett has named the same starting side that just managed to get the two points against Cronulla last week. The super coach conceded that Latrell Mitchell's fullback positional swap was a work in process after the former Rooster was subbed off after 55 minutes in round one. It'll be interesting to see how Mitchell gets at the back before Alex Johnson replaces him this week. But we did know that, look, Matt Lodge, we've lost him. We've lost Tavita Pangai Jr. now. There's no Alex Glenn named at skipper. But have you been, I guess, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Probably impressed yeah. by the way the young forwards pack has really stepped up. Yeah, definitely. They've got the best pack of forwards. And Wayne Bennett made reference to that when he had left the Broncos. That These were the best pack of kids he's ever had in the whole time he's been in their system. That's a fair rap on some of these players. They've... They look like they're going to turn you know, into the specialist players. As you said, like Tavita Pangai Jr., unfortunately, has a bad record now with the judiciary, which is why he got more loading and, and, and some carryover. David Fafita, he is a freak. Payne Haas is a freak. Um, you know, you then start to talk about, um, as you said, we got... Uh, Carrigan. Carrigan Flegler. Carrigan yeah. Flegler, Coates, um, you know, Stag and all these players. So mm. They've got the crop of young kids. We've always thought the problem was that they didn't have the spine, but... They go out and buy Brodie Croft, which seems to... It worked for week one. Yeah, yeah those I, special players. I thought last year their inexperience in the four-pack you know, really cost yeah. them. But I, I think with that year under their belt, you know, those guys are a lot better for it this year. And they've got some great balance in their four-pack. You know, you've got guys like uh, Payne Haas and uh, David Fafita and um, Pengai Jr. who are dynamic. And then you've got the workers like Flegler and, and Carrigan. So, you know, I, I think, as you mentioned, one of the best four-packs in the competition, how they handle those big losses this week against the South Sydney Packs, you know, the big question mark. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be a great challenge for them. I thought they'd struggle a bit this year when Jack Bird went down. I'm unsure combinations with Brady Croft. You talk about, you know, Euro 5, West, Ty or West Tigers. These are all young kids and he went on that ride. It's great when you can build a club with... basically got 15 players here that look like they're going to beat the Broncos for five years at least. Yeah. Mm. So that's great for your... And they're not five 
average players, they're, sorry, they're 15 good players. Yeah. We spoke to Alex Glenn yesterday yeah. and he said he was so impressed with how the younger group are just showing such leadership. Yeah. Um, and Tavita Pangai Jr. being one of the most experienced Broncos, like, and he's out this week, you think, wow, you're relying yeah. on those youngsters who yeah. are still under 20 leading your side at the pack. So uh, interesting to see how they go. Uh, Latrell, though, for you, Robbie, um, and for you, Noddy, how long does it take for him to reach his peak performance at number one? I think it'll take him about 10 weeks. If we keep playing football for the next 10 weeks, he's had no off-season. He obviously played some rep games, so that limited his off-season. He wasn't allowed back at the Roosters in January, which was when he would have expected to train. To play fullback compared to playing centre, you need to be match fit. Uh, And and that's the biggest part about being a fullback. He played 55 minutes. He had six runs for 61 metres. So he didn't really get himself injected into the game. So I think it'll take a long, long time, which I'm saying 10 weeks. if, If the game stops... Very soon, they might be able to fast track him with literally just doing fitness up until you, when we play again. Just a question for, do you think it was a premeditated plan to bring him off after 55, or do you think he was hooked? Mm. No, honest question. Well, I, Alex Johnson was there to play fullback, and maybe Wayne thought he was a bit underdone and didn't yeah. want to play him. I don't think you play the, you know, you talk about how good he can be. I don't think you play him at fullback for 80 minutes too often because you're going to burn him out. Mm. So he might, he mightn't play a full 80 minutes too often unless it gets to the big games at the end of the year when he's required to play 80. Well, quickly, uh, yeah. what do you think? Oh, I th- oh, he needs to be playing 80. I think he needs to get himself fit. You so know, there's uh, the headline. Yeah. Robbie said that Wayne <laughs> yeah. hooked. Oh, no, I asked you the question. <laughs> I asked you the question. <laughs> I dodged that bullet. But, um, no, look, I think he needs to get himself fit. He's obviously a marquee signing. He's yeah. a big-name player. Uh, for me, to be playing 55, 60 minutes yeah. is not enough. Um, it's going to take him some time. It's a new position. It's a demanding position. And he did have a disrupted off-season. You know, he didn't really start training until probably February, late January, uh, early February. Uh, he needs a bit of work um, in his legs uh, to get match fit. And, you know, I think not his right. You know, it's probably going to be eight to ten weeks before we see the best of Latrell. But, you know, he needs to be playing 80 minutes week in, week out. I'll ask you both a quick question. Both these teams would usually expect a packed crowd at the yeah. Cauldron. It will be empty on Friday night. Is that a difficult adjustment? Yeah, I think it's a huge adjustment. And all the venues, like you're talking about suburban fields are going to be packed, you know, like where Robbie played a lot of his football. This would be a blockbuster build-up all week between the coaches last year. That, mm. As you said, there'd be 40 to 50,000 screaming fans up there. Massive stadium, great atmosphere, and all of a sudden you run out and there is, there is no buzz. Yeah. yeah. It's, a training, it's a training run, but for two points. Yeah. It's tough. You, you need to build your own atmosphere, your own intensity. Mm. Um, and, and that's difficult to do, playing in front of an empty stadium. You go off crowd. Yeah, 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 you do. You get you excited do. You get off the energy, crowds. you get yeah. that energy. And we always say a good game of football is when, the, when there's a full house and they're buzzing and all that, which lifts the intensity of the mm. game. So I'm looking forward to hearing what the players all say after this round two competition uh, with empty stadiums, like how it feels. Yeah. I think, if anything, it helps the away side too because you lose that home ground advantage. You know, so you know, South's having to go up to Suncorp Stadium, play in front of a... Our Pac Suncorp Stadium full of Brisbane yeah. supporters is obviously very daunting, but you're going up there to play in front of an empty crowd. If, if it does help anyone, I think it helps the away side. Gosh, all right. Well, we'll go down to the Gold Coast for the Saturday Triple Treat of Rugby League, the game that was not supposed to be played there, but the Warriors and the Raiders will go head-to-head at Seabus Super Stadium. Uh, and as expected, Stephen Kearney has made a handful of changes. Peter Hiku and Patrick Herbert flew home after last week's loss to Sea Family. Adam Pompey fills the win. Wing while halfback Adam Kieran slots into the centres there. Bit of a shuffle in the forwards. Adam Blair for second row to lock. Isaiah Papali moves to the bench while Katoa moves into that starting 13. Uh, when we take a look at the Canberra Raiders side, 
Uh, Ricky's Raiders, he looked pretty settled into round two after a crazy preparation last week. Just the one change, Joseph Tarpany and Corey Horsburgh switching respective lock and back row positions. Charles Nickel Klockstad failed his HIA in round one, but was assured Canberra fans he's right to go for the clash against his former club. Warriors and their headspace. I don't even know where to start, Noddy, but how do they prepare mentally? They did say that they're not distracted and they're focusing on this game, but you can say as much as you want. It'll be interesting to see how they play. They should have a fair bit of motivation to play well because last week they were the poorest team of the competition. Mm. They were poor. Mm. They got beat 10-0 first half, 10-0 second half. They didn't look like scoring a try. They looked slow. They looked sluggish. Um, it's, a big, it's a big week from the turnaround, but as you said, all of a sudden... They're not flying home on Sunday night out of Sydney. They're staying and moved to, to, to Kingscliff on the Gold Coast. They've got to play. They've got a big decision to make, obviously, also after this game, whether they go home or whether they stay in Australia if the competition is to continue. So massive distractions from through their headspace without, without playing football. Yeah. yeah. Well, Stephen Kearney did speak to media yesterday. Let's just take a quick listen to what he had to say. Yeah, we, we, we just tried to make everything business as usual. Um, there was a bit of, you know, our football manager had a bit of organising to do and getting us training grounds and um, and what have you. I don't think you know what's going to happen tomorrow and I certainly, you know, don't. So um, our focus is just making sure that we're preparing as well as we can. Yeah, Robbie, I guess as a player, you're only out of the game for less than a year. I mean, what would you do if that happened to your side? Yeah, it's tough because, as you said, there's a lot of issues off the field that come into play, you know, a lot of them have families, um, yeah. you know, young, young kids, kids on the way. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of distractions there. They've just come off a round one loss. They're unsure about what the future holds for them. So, uh, as Noddy said, it's, it's a massive week for the, the Warriors on the field um, and they've got to try and block out what's going on off the field and worry, try and worry about that on Sunday. Yeah, as for the Raiders, now you doubted them last week against the Titans. So no, I just no. want to ask you, caught a bit of their game. What do you think yeah. of that halves combination with George Williams and Jack Whiten? Well, obviously, Jack Whiten was one of the players of the rounds, in my opinion. I thought his kicking game was outstanding. And you know, when, when Ricky moved him into 5'8 at the start of last year, I kind of raised my eyebrows at that. But he's definitely proved me wrong. He's just come on in leaps and bounds as a half. Uh, just really impressive. And, and I think he'll push on a further on as this year. Uh, George Williams, I thought, was really impressive. He didn't overplay his hand. Um, yeah, just played a real control performance, uh, ran the ball you know, strongly, defended well, um, just slotted into the side you know, seamlessly, and I thought that was always going to be the question mark. You know, you've got a, a dominant hooker in, in Josh Hodgson yeah. and, and Jack Wyden playing well and how he was going to slot into that side, but um, it was just like clockwork. You know, they hit the ground running, and I thought he was really impressive. Fits the team perfectly there, Noddy? He does, yeah. And there was some talk out of people in Canberra that he's actually a really good communicator. So that would help them. You know, you talk about a dominant nine and the six that's a state of origin mm. representative and you try and slot in there, you, you don't want to be overawed. But just by communicating really well, you know, when you do want the ball, when you don't get the ball, one kick's right-footed, one kick's left-footed. It's a great combination to kick to the corners. And as you said, like Josh Hodgson is, is like a Cameron Smith. He just controls the game. He picks who gets the ball. And if you call it and you want it, you should get it. Yeah, if you're um, if you're watching Zach Bailey, you did make George try Vegemite. He didn't like it. Did not appreciate that. He made him do the the teaspoon oh, of Vegemite. Oh. I know that. Zach. I know. A pommy's <laughs> never going to enjoy Vegemite if you give them a teaspoon. It needs to be with avocado on toast. All doses. Yeah. 
Avocado on toast? Avocado That's what I used to call Bo Ryan Vegemite because he's got a small dose. <laughs> can't, can't go over the top. Oh. <laughs> Let's go to our second game on Saturday evening. That one's also been moved from Central Coast Stadium to Leichhardt Oval. Robbie, I'll get to you in a second about an empty Leichhardt Oval. But the Roosters and the Seagulls, the biggest news for the reigning premiers, Angus Crichton is back in the 17 after recovering from a chest infection. It saw the back rower miss the opening round. Uh, Boyd Cordner remains unnamed, still being rested by the club. Winger Matt uh, Ikevalu has also been named on the wing. He has been monitored under the concussion protocol and Satili Tupanua missing from that 17. No surprise. Scans confirming he suffered a medial ligament injury. But if we take a look at the Manly Seagulls side, despite their disappointing performance against Melbourne, Des Hasler has stuck to the same 17 to play the reigning back-to-back -back NRL and World Champions at Leichhardt Oval. There's some positive news heading into the weekend for Manly fans. Adam Finnell-Blake and Jake Tavoyevic both pulled up well after returning Ellie from off-season shoulder surgery, while DCE is set to play through the pain of that ankle injury. Now, when we take a look at the Roosters, they failed to finish against Penrith, but do you look into that too much, Noddy? Well, uh, the, the coach, Trent Robinson, was extremely unhappy with the tackle five kick options. Mm. The bloke that's probably been the best tackle five kicker in the competition in the last 15 years is a guy called Cooper Cronk. Yep. You know, he, he doesn't run the ball great to the line, Cooper. He doesn't beat you a sidestep, but what he does do is he manages the game plan to perfection. He keeps it calm and he puts the kick or the right tackle five option generally in the place. So they just lost their way a little bit here. Uh, and as you said, Trent Robinson put him on notice. So uh, puts a little bit of pressure. Um, you know, Luke Keary can do it because we saw him win a Clive Churchill medal two years ago when he took over the kicking in a grand final. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Kyle Flanagan. I think he's a great player. So they just got it a little bit off. But there was also great pressure from Penrith. Yeah. Penrith, Penrith certainly took the time away from him. It's only the first round. No, it's not only the round. No, no. If it's I'm not only the first round. It means everything week one. Okay, well, I've been told by Jamie Sauer that premierships aren't won in round one, but, hey, I'm, <laughs> no. I guess I'm with Robbie Farr and Brett Kamali, no, so I'll take, yeah, I'll yeah. take that <laughs> back. Leave the, leave, the, leave the Monday show behind and welcome <laughs> to the Tuesday show. <laughs> Got to step up to yeah. first grade, as I've been told <laughs> yeah. this whole afternoon. Yeah. We'll talk about Manly, though, for you, Robbie. Um, when you're going to compare Tom Travojevic to da James Tedesco, Dahlia medalist fullback, uh, how does Tom compete after what was probably a disappointing performance last Oh, week? look, I don't think there's much between both players. I think they're both superstars of our game, yeah. um, probably both have a different skill set. Um, but I think I'm, I'm not concerned by Tom's round one performance. Yeah, he was coming into that under an injury cloud, had not played any trial matches, um, was probably a bit underdone. So, And, and you speak about the workload at, at fullback, and we mentioned that with Latrell. It does take time to get that match fitness under your belt. Um, so I'm not concerned by his round one performance. And I think, if anything, coming up against James Tedesco this week will bring out the best in him. I can feel your heavy breathing, Noddy. 60 minutes arm wrestle against yeah. Melbourne. It was a yeah. cracking game of football yeah. Sunday afternoon there at Brookford. It goes to show that, you know, like you talk about these career coaches and Trent Robertson, Des Hasler, Craig Billman, they get their sides ready for round one. That was that was a really high quality game of football. I thought they missed Coruscant or Finney. You know, we talk about yeah. Coruscant's gone to Penrith and that just creativeness around dummy half. There's a little bit of nervousness. That's what they had last year. Both those dummy halves were exceptional for them. So then it doesn't all rely on Cherry or it doesn't all rely on Tom. So... If Manly have a tiny weakness, it's, it's on the back of the nine this year at the moment. Well, and also they're missing Manasseh Faino at the moment. That's right, yeah. Danny mm. Levi, yeah. So, yeah. interesting there. All right, the last game of Saturday night is the Cronulla Sharks up against the Melbourne Storm, 7.35 kickoff. Uh, John Morris has decided to keep Bronson Sherry out of the squad for another week, nursing that shoulder injury. But Josh Dugan has been named in the 21 jersey as to whether or not he will play. We'll have to wait and see. 
The veteran said it has been battling that arthritis in his knee for the past few months, determined to prove to the doubters he still has what it takes to play in the NRL. Apart from that, the Sharks' top 17 remains unchanged. Uh, and then same sort of story for Craig Bellamy's Melbourne Storm. There's whispers we'd see Brandon Smith uh, named, but he's kept him under outs for another week, still recovering from that fractured cheekbone. And Dale Finucane copped a heavy uh, head knock, but has passed his HIA. The big one here is for the Sharks, their back line, their back five still remains unchanged, but after this week, they will not have Josh Morris, um, Bronson Cherry, Matt Moylan, Josh Dugan, not in that starting side. But have you got some, have you got, have you got a bit of whisper that maybe Josh will be? No, well, Josh Dugan's training this week, so there's a chance he could play uh, or be available to play. But you're right, they lose Josh Morris, unfortunately. They just make the Roosters a better side uh, going forward into round three. But... Some quality players for the Sharks, unavailable. I thought they were very good against South last week. They probably should have won the game with better execution at the end there when the try was ruled uh, to be a forward pass. They have great rivalry against Melbourne. It started in the 2016 Premiership, the victory that they had over them. You know, no Paul Gallen, no Will Chambers, but they used to go at each other quite a bit. Cameron Smith got 10 in the bin last year at Points Bet Stadium. So this will be very heated, this game. Would have been a full house. Daryl Braithwaite mm. would have been singing. <laughs> All those things can't happen uh, this week. But I think the, the players will still enjoy the clash. Yeah, and they can just make plenty of noise. All the fans can make plenty of noise from the TV or listening in their car to the radio station, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. It's the same thing. Yes. No, but that's all right. Yeah, no. <laughs> As for the Melbourne Storm, Robbie, uh, Cameron Smith, we did hear him talk quite openly about uh, not wanting to play and maybe suspending the competition just with the coronavirus issue. Uh, they've got to travel again this week. Do you agree or disagree with this, the travel precautions here or would you like to see it? Um, yeah, look, they've, they've travelled every second week for however many yeah. years, so I don't see it being an issue. Um, as long as all the precautions are taken, um, then they should, you know, it should be fine. And... Um, Again, Cameron's got his opinion. He's entitled to his opinion. I've seen some people come out and uh, disappointed with the comments that he made. But, um, yeah, look, that, he's entitled to that and other people are entitled to their opinion. But, yeah, for me, I guess you've got to buy the medical, um, you know, the medical people and the people that know, you know best about what's going on. And I, I'm certainly not one of them. So um, as long as they're saying we can play, well, then, well, then they keep playing. It'd be very sense. interesting when uh, these players stop playing football. And at some stage, I think the game will stop because of the government. Will they hand 20% of the wage back? Well, that's, that's, the, that's yeah. the question, right? That's in the CBA. I know. It, I know. Cam, I'm saying Cam's that. probably got enough, so <laughs> he's probably happy. He's like, oh, you know, put I know the feet up. Safety's <laughs> very, very important, but I think decisions will be weighed more on the other side when it starts to say, hang on a sec, if there's 20 mm. games, not 25, well, it's 20% of the revenue. It's a discussion that you really I don't, think don't want think to have with yet, players. Right. You don't want them to have to give up the money. They're elite athletes. They train really hard yeah. and... Not all of them, we said this yesterday, not all of them are on big money. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, so it makes it yeah, yeah, difficult to The man that was make. very good for Melbourne last week was Vunavalu, who has signed to go to Queensland Rugby, which is going to be yeah. a huge loss. He scored two tries. 96 games he's played for him and he scored 76 tries. They can, what they was can... he thinking on that kick return, though? <laughs> oh, the high <laughs> jump? What was he doing? He was doing hurdles. He was just oh. changing the game a little. He was just spicing <laughs> yeah. things up. You know that rivalry. Storm, yeah. Manly. Oh, but yeah, sorry, do something. Yeah, good to, they can find a winger. Like Ado Carr went down there as a half reserve grader from, mm. from the West Tigers. Yeah. Couldn't settle now. He's a Marika Corabiti before that. Yeah. Craig has a way. Yeah. He'll find a winger. It's Craig's it's way. Okay.
Craig's way. Craig's way. <laughs> Craig's way. All right, let's get to some Sunday <laughs> afternoon footy. And this one is also Leichhardt Oval. Oh, yeah. Strange scenes. 4.05 p.m. West Tigers and Knights. Halfback Luke Brooks is a late scratching ahead of round one and isn't set to be back for the West Tigers team until about round five, thanks to that calf injury. Josh Reynolds remains in the halves with the only change coming on the bench. Paul Momorowski is set to return from an ankle injury, which could see Michael Cheekham miss out on a spot in Michael Maguire's 17. Uh, and now as for the Newcastle Knights, Adam O'Brien will keep the same winning outfit to play the West Tigers on Sunday. Sione Mataudia has been named in the Jersey 21, recovering from a knee injury in the trial match. Uh, this is going to be probably one of my favourite games in the round. I can't wait to see both sides sort of competing. Look, we'll talk again about the stadiums. Well, you know why I love this game? Why? Because I'm going to be the only spectator in the in the ground. Well, no. Watching, well, I live in the scoreboard, so <laughs> no one else is allowed in. I'll be the only one in there. So. Might get some sleep afterwards, no, no noise. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, you're up on the scoreboard. <laughs> I love it. You, you, if you're in the scoreboard, you'll be watching your mate Josh Reynolds, yeah. who we see has just been given a chance to prove himself to Madge last week. Um, do you think this is a real opportunity for him, particularly what he's been through in the last few months? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely been a turbulent off-season for Josh. Everyone's been well-documented what he's gone through. And uh, there's no doubt that that was a, a tough few months for him and uh, a big relief uh, when it was all put behind him. So I know he lo like he just loves his footy. He loves being around the boys and um, that's his release. So, you know, I think now he can really just put his head down and focus on uh, his job and he gets a, the role in the starting side, unfortunately, because Luke Brooks' injury. But it presents Josh with a great opportunity to cement, him, cement himself in the top 13 and uh, just play that... Um, you know, that role with Benji there and lead the boys around. So I'm, I'm really excited about what he can bring to the side. And Benji was obviously the star. He was your MVPs yeah. for the round. But did you like how Josh came into the halves there? Noddy yeah. and worked well with Benji? Well, Josh has played a lot of halfback and a lot of dummy half yeah. role his, his whole life. He hasn't played a great deal of football for the last two years. He's had the shoulder injury and he's been in and out. Then obviously, as you said, the off-field uh, issues that he had to deal with. But yeah, it'd be nice. That the control that Benji takes means that Josh Reynolds doesn't have to be the main kicker. Uh, if he wants to run the yeah. ball, because sometimes he's happy to take the ball to the line... Uh, if he needs to sit back a little bit and have a rest, well, he can do that because of Benji's control and game management. And uh, uh, These two sides are going to be great. That They both fight tooth and nail in round one. Defensively brilliant, um, really tough. Forwards go forward. couple of key like They've got Mitchell Pearce, Benji Marshall, you know, dominant Paul players, both main kickers of the side. So yeah. I think this will be a really good game on, on, on Sunday afternoon. Leads me to my next question. Adam O'Brien, is it the Adam O'Brien effect? They have yeah. not got a yeah. point scored against them, Newcastle Knights. Well, uh, as you said, defence wins competitions. And he's come out of the Melbourne Storm system for, for most of his life. And he spent last year with Trent Robinson at the Roosters. Uh, those two systems would have taught you some good things about defence. Uh, their attitude was high. I'd heard all off-season in Newcastle that they, they had to build a foundation to earn the right to play on the back of, and that was the inaugural coach of the Newcastle Knights. Alan McMahon was sort of, let's earn the right to play football, build a fortress up here through our defence, and then the attacking flow will come from it. So I thought they were very good last week, Newcastle. Yeah, OK. They were very good. <laughs> they didn't leak a point. <laughs> Defence. What? It's 50% of the game. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm taking that tip. I don't know how many times we've all mentioned defence wins yeah, games yes. in this show. All right, last game. Oh, you've got to score more points too. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that generally, yeah, that generally will get you a win too, yeah, won't yeah. it? <laughs> last game, we've got the Gold Coast Titans and the Parramatta Eels up at Seabus. Following their miserable start, Justin Holbrook has swapped out Tyrone Peachy for Brian Kelly in the starting left centre. Ash Taylor named despite a shoulder complaint and Moaki Fadawaka moves into the 17, recovering from wrist and knee injuries, leaving out uh, Jamin Joff, Joff, 
Jollifee. Sorry, that one is a tongue twister. As for the Parramatta Eels, uh, Ryan Madison and Sean Lane have swapped jersey numbers, but Brad Arthur has opted to stay loyal with his lineup against the Gold Coast. The coach stuck solid for now, but no doubt we'll see uh, some more from his highly fancied side this week after just scraping home against the Bulldogs. Now, Noddy, for you, should Justin Holbrook be concerned with the start the Titans delivered? Uh, he, he, yes and no. 16-0, they were poor. Um, they made some poor defensive decisions. Some of the players need to make some, some probably tougher decisions rather than just the, the flick and hope, Hail Mary type of attitude. I think the NRL, you, you need to make some more selective choices. He'd be happy with how they showed some resilience. They didn't give up. They, they could have got certainly easily blown off the park by the Raiders who were very good early. They come back into the game and as you said, Robbie, there was a stage there where if they score again, yeah. it becomes a really good contest. So some good signs, but they need a fair bit of improvement. I think they've been given a licence to throw the ball around. I think uh, Holbrook knows that they're not going to compete with the best sides just playing that grind football. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he's just you know, let them go out there and, and throw the ball around and back themselves. And but at um, some stage, you need to make some tougher decisions on yeah. when to throw it and when not to throw it. That's right. And you've got to earn the right to do yeah. that as well. So they, like, I thought some of their effort areas last week were poor. So they've got to get that right first. We spoke last week about playing tough and earning the right off the back of that to do the fancy stuff. And I think that's where they've got to get that balance right. Okay. And some would argue, I guess, in terms of the Parramatta Eels, that in history they would have lost to the uh, Bulldogs last round. But are they showing more maturity in their side and learning to win those grinding games? It was a very good sign for Parramatta becoming a top four side by winning ugly. You know, mm. they were way off the, off the mark last week. They had to fight really hard. They did only score one try, which came off a kick. They had to scramble defensively. They kept turning up. They kept turning Canterbury away. Uh, and these are the games that you really need to win when you're playing bad to be a genuine contender. Parramatta won so many games last year by 20-plus points. Yeah. When they're on, they're on. They look great when they're pretty. But these are the really good games that you need to learn and win. Yeah. It can't be a one-off, though. They've got to back it up, and they've got to, they've got to do it again and again. And that's always been their problem uh, in the last few years is that inconsistency. They've, they've been so good on their day and then so poor on other days. So uh, they, they won ugly against a, a pretty poor Bulldog side last week. Uh, but then, you know, they're going up there, the game they're expected to win, you know, this week against Gold Coast. So they need to go up there and win and win comfortably. That's probably the other thing in, in previous times. They haven't been expected to win. They've been the underdog. Yeah. Now they come in with the favourites tag. But, gents, that's it for uh, NRL teams for round two. Just remember, for fans, uh, all games are going to be played in closed stadiums. But please be patient if you have bought tickets. Your clubs will get in contact with you very soon. And a reminder that you can watch all the games through our broadcast partners, Channel 9, Fox Sports, KO Sports and the live Telstra app. Before we go, it's Zach's favourite time, prediction time. Can you please predict the headline for round two? I was going to say Bailey out, never to return. Oh! Ooh, wow. Zach, I did not tell him to say that if you were watching. But I won't, but I won't. I'll, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like that. <laughs> I think we'll get round three. I think we'll see round three. Ooh, I think okay. there'll be a continuation of Rugby League. Noddy says round three to go ahead. Yeah. All right. And what about for you, Robbie? My prediction is uh, the Broncos to beat the Rabbitohs up at Suncorp. And then we're going to see Anthony Seabold do a dance in the change rooms after a game. Oh. Okay. Wayne did it like that. That's right. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. seen Wayne dance. We're going to see yeah. Seabold just bring out the dancing shoes. Okay, but you've got to tell me a dance move. What dance move will he do if he wins? 
Oh, you're not going to make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you're silly. Silly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was trying to throw you under the bus there. I heard about it last week. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Jens. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder, next week, Zach Bailey will be hosting Inside the NRL with Michael Chamis. And uh, I'm still up there. Jamie Sowart at 5 o'clock. Uh, and he will be back for teams next week as well. So make sure you tune in to NRL.com. Thanks for carrying me along with the show. I appreciate it. You guys were great teammates. I think we make We're a, a really nice team. All for one, one for all. <laughs> Look forward to having you back, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm solid. Not like Noddy. Not like Noddy. <laughs> I won't see you next Tuesday, but Zach, we'll see you next yeah. Tuesday. Have a good one.